This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our second reading today comes from the letter to the Colossians, the third chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. Listen for the word of God. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, as we begin this morning, the backdrop scene on December 26th, the second day of Christmas, is Christmas. Because, in fact, it is Christmas. Christmas is a season that lasts for 12 days. Exactly. That's the first part of the scene. I want to set the stage with two well-known scriptures. And let me set into the picture the first scripture, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. On Christmas, that son, Jesus, was born into our world. The gift was given. And the second half of the verse holds a promise that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Quite a promise. The second verse to be on the stage is not known by its chapter and verse as well. 2 Corinthians 5:17. But you'll recognize it because like John 3:16, it's often used as an assurance of pardon after a prayer of confession. It reads, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. 
against this backdrop of Christmas, of manger and child, begin to see the gift that is yours. There's a carol that comes to us from the Cameroon that proclaims it eloquently. He came down that we may have life. He came down that we may have life. He came down that we may have life. Alleluia forevermore. As John 3.16 promises, we have eternal life. And as 2 Corinthians 5.17 describes, Jesus' presence right here on earth makes our lives new and really life right here and now. Everyday gifts of the manger for you and for me. Wow. But that's not all. With this backdrop, now we can remove can move to this great text from Colossians, the third chapter. In Loja's commentary, the heading for today's text reads, put on the new man. We might say, put on the new person, the new creation in Christ. And you know, just prior to our text is a catalog of sins to take off and discard. There's a show on TV uh, called What Not to Wear. And maybe some of you have seen it over the years. The co-hosts, Stacy and Clinton, have a person of the day who is asked to take stock of their wardrobe. And note that it's hideous and throw it into the waiting garbage cans because Stacy and Clinton promise that more attractive, stylish garments await that will bring out the best in that person. Well, I want to tell you that our text in Colossians is the Christian version of that show. As Christians, we are the person of the day. The old is finished and gone. We have discarded the catalog of sins from that earlier chapter. And in Christ, we have new things to put on. Every one of them gifts from the everyday, for the everyday, straight from the manger collection. Clothe yourselves, writes the author, with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Years ago, my daughters, I need to mention, I have another daughter, Hannah. She's at home. She's immunosuppressed. <laughs> She'll be very angry that I don't mention her today. Both my daughters had a preschool teacher named Judy Hartman. And she was someone who always wanted to be in Broadway shows and dance in those fabulous, glitzy costumes and great dance numbers. And in her classroom, for her three-year-olds were the most amazing dress-ups. Baby doll negligees, just the right length to be full-length ball gowns for three-year-olds. All manner of frills and chiffon and twirliness. There were tiaras and wands, and those three-year-olds loved it. 
They would put on some pink and purple gown with a streaming lame cape, and they would be in charge of the world, feeling like the most fabulous princess of the day, more amazing than Elsa or Ariel or Belle, because they were themselves in all this glory. And what is play except to practice becoming grown up? When we put on these new garments that are part of God's Christmas gift to us, Loja, the commentator, says the renewal, that newness, comes to light. The renewal which the new person created by God is both experienced and realized. Now let's backtrack a minute and remind ourselves who is to receive these amazing clothes. These clothes are for God's chosen ones, not just one contestant or queen for a day. God's chosen are all the baptized, all those who belong to God. God's chosen include those who have come seeking him. And by virtue of being God's, you are holy and you are beloved. So the clothes are for you. And whether you picture them laid over the edge of the manger or wrapped up as packages, they're for you. Put on the new person Christ gifts you to be with the joy of a three-year-old donning chiffon. These days, it's hard to find clothes that aren't branded with some Disney character or dress up, or some celebrity. Bergeron or Marchand's hockey jersey, well, Crosby or Latang for this Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Rondo or Pedroia jerseys, Mac Jones, or maybe still even some Tom Brady. Boston sports names and logos are all over the clothing in the stores. Even masks, as we know from our own Paul Fennig, who wears his Patriots mask to worship most every Sunday. These Christmas clothes are the same way. Every one of them has been described or branded as God's own or Christ's own. You are given the same clothes as God or Christ, and they are for everyday wear. Here, first try on compassion. When Frederick Beekner checks it out in the mirror, this is what he sees. Compassion is the knowledge that there can never really be any peace or joy for me until there is peace and joy for you. Next, try a little kindness. Mikel Mope Matir writes, do you know that one of your greatest strengths is simply being kind? Yes, kind. 
You can change a life being kind. You can give hope being kind. You can bring joy being kind. So listen, today, choose to be kind. And then there's humility. Just this week in his Christmas message, Pope Francis said, the humble are those who are concerned not simply with the past, but also with the future. Since they know how to look ahead, to spread their branches, remembering the past with gratitude. The proud, on the other hand, simply repeat, growing rigid and enclose themselves in that repetition, feeling certain about what they know and fearful of everything new because they cannot control it. Put on humility. And then the beauty of meekness. The beauty of meekness is the way it allows us, out of a certain kind of strength, to help others get back on the straight and narrow. As William Barclay has described meekness, it is when the mind of the person becomes aligned with the mind of the master, capital M, so there's no longer a desire to go against the goads. And then there's patience. Does anybody need to try on a little patience? It allows us a long wait. And if we can wait, we can probably exercise forbearance. These five gifts, these five garments, you'll notice are not just to create a disposition. They summon a lifestyle, actions, the very way a Christian should deal with fellow human beings. There's a new domain of life opened by God's act of incarnation in which believers may conduct their lives. It's not just what would Jesus do, but it's a what would I do to imitate how Jesus lived. This text was written to the church of Colossae. And like all the early churches, its people were a tiny minority whom others found strange and sometimes even offensive. The call to this tiny group is to don these godly clothes so that as God's chosen, they would be distinguishable from their neighbors. Their cues for life came not from their innate constitution or what might work best in the world, but from the character of the self-revelation of God in Jesus Christ. The early church father Chrysostom wrote, if you eat, if you drink, if you marry, if you travel, do all in the name of God. That is, 
calling God to aid you. While we're not quite the minority of the Church of Colossae, we are a minority. And finding a needle, even being a needle in a haystack of this area is hard. But coming to understand the distinctiveness of such a needle when there are 60 or 80 in the haystack, it's more likely. If every old souther would don this new apparel for everyday wear, well, in the haystack of our communities, people might see a powerful witness to Christmas and the life it gives. If every old souther would don this new apparel, well, the, the church might be a whole witness as the body of Christ was able to be one body in Christ. <laughs> Honestly, all these clothes come with superpowers. Who among us has enough patience on our own, even kindness? God with us, Emmanuel, comes with these clothes even better than what Superman's clothes do for him. And by the way, the text says there's a sixth garment for you, another everyday gift that comes from the manger, above all, above compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Like a belt, perhaps, or an overcoat, it brings the purpose and results to fruition toward perfection, toward just how God would want it, want us to be. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When you're all decked out in your Christmas duds for every day, and you see and feel this deep peace, Sing your thanks, says the writer. It will be thanks that springs not just from a dutiful mouth, but from your very heart. You are in Christ. You are a new creation, decked out in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and love. Well, if you will wear these everyday gifts from the manger. Some people may think you strange, but God hopes that you will honor him and wear these gifts so that you may then, your very self, be God's gift to a waiting and wanting world. When I look at our church directory, I see we have a good lot of folks in Newburyport. And we have a cadre in the South Hamilton and Wenham area. And we have a cadre in Newbury, and in West Newbury, and in Salisbury, and Amesbury, and Georgetown, and Rowley. 
We have a smattering of folks in New Hampshire and Maine, and maybe further out about as we think of you online today. Have you shown off your gifts today? I hope you will. May the shopkeepers and the work colleagues and the school friends and the neighbors of each place, even the cousins and kin that are visiting this holiday, take stock. As you twirl that compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and love right into their midst. And in so doing, sing the Lord's praise, sing the Lord's song. He came down that we may have life. He came down that we may have life. He came down that we may have life. Alleluia forevermore. Let's join in that carol from the Cameroon, 137 in your hymnal. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.